If you're looking for a fun, informative, and inspirational podcast, please check your listings for another podcast. Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 3. Two of the world's greatest podcasters could not make it this evening. Instead, here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. Episode four, four, I think. Yes. Yeah, good episode. To see you, good to see you too. It's the uh, afternoon on a Wednesday. The, my, everyone's favorite part of the week, right? The, that, <laughs> it was the camel hump day. Hump day. That was a commercial that. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I could probably watch that commercial just over and over. Again. <laughs> I wish they would have used him in a lot more things. They had a movie thing that they played at the movies. I don't know if you ever went to the movies and saw it. And it shows a camel walking down the aisle at the movie theater going, it's movie day! I, what, what? And he sticks his head in people's popcorns and stuff. Did you ever see I that? I don't think I saw that one. I don't, but really? uh, I missed out, apparently. I guess so, man. That was, a, uh, that was hilarious. Uh, Hump Day is my, my wife's absolute favorite, completely favorite that, commercial of all time. If she had to rank them, that, that's the one that's up there, huh? Yeah, Hump, exactly. Hump she's, she's easily entertained. <laughs> and commercial... Commercial writers love that. Speaking of easily entertained, let's talk politics for just a moment. Sure, um, sure. Your boy, uh, DJT, was the uh, keynote speaker at CPAC in Orlando. God. I, I, I really, I've, I keep up with the, what's yeah. happening, but I really, I'm so sort of disgusted with with where they've gone and how they've just sort of, now they're just kind of done with even pretending to, to, you know, uh, the golden statue. What is that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it it was like a hunk of diarrhea. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, but it, but it was so, un, I mean, I'm not a religious person by a long shot, but it was so unbelievably reminiscent of the golden calf. Yeah. Isn't in, that in biblical times, you know, where you worship, you're worshiping, you know, the wrong thing at that point. He, his whole presidency was basically like that. He was the false idol they, they warned everybody about. Yeah, and he's still... Uh, he's still, for some reason, relevant. Uh, did you see Saturday Night Live? I did. Okay. Yes. And I uh, on on Weekend Update, which and and I mean I'm from the old school of Chevy Chase doing Weekend Update, and Chevy yeah. Chase was only on SNL for one year. People A lot of for, people don't know. People that. forget that sometimes. But his his uh, his Weekend Updates were were always my favorite until Colin Jost and Michael <clears throat> Che. I love those two. They are great. But he's like, okay, you know, uh, uh, stand up comedian. You know, um, well, what's the, why did I have drawn a blank on his name? The senator from uh, Texas. Oh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. He goes, he goes, he decided to do his, uh, his 30 minute set for his new Netflix comedy special. You know, he's like, Orlando is awesome. He goes, what kind of grown man yells, Orlando is awesome? You should check his hard drive. God. Yeah, the, exactly. And then he's like, well, Orlando's great, not as good as Cancun. And then Colin Joe's busts in and goes, wait, no, no. You don't get to be a part of that joke, right? Because that's ours. You don't get to be a part of making fun of yourself, self-deprecation, right? That's not the he's he has no clue, and it shows that the complete lack of empathy or or how out of touch people are. They they're sitting there in this big room together, laughing about what he just did to his constituents in his state. They're just like you said, they're not even not even trying to hide it. They don't care. 
they, they're just laughing because they know they're above the law. That's how they feel. And yet, interestingly enough, still nothing is being done. Uh, Donald Trump is, for some reason, still walking around free. What, what happened the last four years uh, of tax? I thought the New York DA was going to be all over this. So we just, I mean, how much more airtight can a case get? How do we take this guy down? He's still not faced any repercussions at all. Neither have any of the senators that were part of the insurrection. That's a little terrifying to think that we're just sort of do 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 like it's the white elephant in the room. We live in a in a really really weird uh, society right now. Um, I know somebody who uh, was was fired from his job uh, recently, and the the crux of the reason why he was fired was was twofold he was fired because he was leaving one particular retail establishment store and being promoted and moving to another in that same franchise chain and he really enjoyed working with the people so he left a note up on the board talking about how much he really loved working with the people how much he loved the people that he worked with stay together work as a family even though i'm leaving i just want to let you guys know that i love you care about you wish you nothing but the best corporate said no that was horrible you can't use the word love love is horrible and and he's like yeah well i I, you know i love pumpkin pie it doesn't mean i'm having a relationship with it and the other thing he did is he was goofing around uh in the back room of the establishment where there are cameras where he's management he Mm -hmm. knows where the cameras are he was actually on purpose dancing in front of the camera on his last night there like a little send-off and he even put a little note, hey, be sure to check the camera footage about 2 a.m. Yeah. You know, and he mooned the camera. Oh, oh and, boy. And got, and got fired for it. Oh, yeah. Long-standing employee with the company, great reputation, hard worker. I mean, I know how hard it is to find good workers, good people. Yeah. And when you, when you find them, hold on, because they're so hard nowadays. But let me ask you this. Would, would, do you think he would have been fired 10 years ago? Because I don't. 10 years ago... That's about where things started to shift. That, that's a, probably a good question because 20, definitely not. And any further back now. But there was a time where it sort suddenly started to. And you know what's interesting? Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's. Uh, Sudoku. Sudoku is very interesting. Sudoku is interesting. Um, people will, will try to blame this on cancel culture and people being too sensitive nowadays. But look at the ones that are enforcing this. These are the white-collar corporate types who are just afraid of lawsuits. So those are Republicans. They're conservatives, those types. They always are. So the snowflakes here are bowing to pressure. They don't want, oh, they're afraid to use the word love? Really? That's, that's what they say, snow. Oh, yeah, everyone's got to be loved. No, 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 we can't use that because then someone might take it the wrong way. That's the kind of stuff they say like liberals do, but these 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 tight you know uptight white collar guys are the ones like no 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 don't say that because that could lead to a lawsuit. So the irony is lost on them, but they're the ones perpetuating that shit. I can tell you right now that uh, we've discussed this at nauseum on the podcast. I don't really think of myself as a liberal. I think of myself as a progressive. Yeah, I've got a lot of conservative values we always yes. joked about this saying well when it comes to your daughter i'm liberal when it comes to my daughter i'm conservative you know blah right. blah blah Which, yeah. but yeah. i mean i i have a lot of conservative values the the liberal cancel culture is pushing me more right now because we got to get rid of mr potato head now well this is new to me this what, what the mr potato head's got to go now and who's yep. behind this and could this be uh, you know again 
one of the things about information warfare and the Russians and some of these is they know how to split things. They know how to split people. Mm -hmm. And it would not surprise me to think that they want to split the progressives and the centrist Democrats, so they're doing stuff like that to really emphasize, all right, let's now hit cancel culture, uh, you know, anything to, to divide people. Yeah, anybody who speaks out is ostracized. Right. And that's how communism ends up getting its, uh, and its foot in the door. Interesting. The Republicans disguise it as, well, no, that's, that's actually capitalism. No, there's, there's a difference. <clears throat> there's a difference between communism and socialism. I can argue that with people until I'm blue in the face, but sure. then I have to realize who I'm arguing with. What about the, uh, they want to get rid of six Dr. Seuss books now? What's, what are the ideas? They I, supposedly is, have racial overtones in them. Yeah. That kind of stuff, I'm not really, I, I really want to know. I guess from a political standpoint, which politicians are the ones leading that charge? Because that kind of shit, to me, is a waste of time. It is. There's bigger issues. That That is maybe a, a, a subset of a bigger issue, racism. Let's address the systemic racism and like how the police are, are, are trained right now and, and that stuff before yeah. we how start addressing How about getting some money in, in, in some Americans' pockets who, who have fought for a year and tried to make it through? Yeah. I... I just wonder, I keep thinking, okay, how could Mr. Potato Head be a topic on a news show? How could Dr. Seuss books, who help kids learn to count, who actually help kids learn compassion and empathy... How could this be news? Yes, I agree, Dave. Thank I you, totally, Dave. completely agree with you, my friend. I really do. I mean, it's, ta it's, it's again, focusing, focusing on minutiae. It's focusing? Focusing on... See, I can't, it, I'm so angry, I can't Mount Mushmore? It's Mount Mushmore all over again. <laughs> My God! When Lord I knows I never make a mistake on this side of the board. <laughs> when I get mad, I say ends a lot, and M's. But it's just it's focusing on the wrong thing. There's so many bigger issues to me. That's not even a blip on the radar. I agree. Do you remember when uh, you just spoke about this a few a few weeks back? Who was it? Um, was it from Mike Monty Python? Was it who said uh, I don't particularly yeah, cover trans, uh, trans people it like was, uh, um, uh, John Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah, who said uh, I don't really have. Uh, anything to say about trans people i just hope that wherever they are they're treated uh they're that if they're treated well and then he was attacked for it. i think he said something like i don't care about them but in the context of it's not like a, a, an issue for him yeah. not i don't care about them as human beings they're worthless people will take something so simple and try those people to me are neither progressive or liberal they're just they're just sensitive i've heard people call them you know the twitter police but i think of them more as like a Twitter mafia, kind or, of. or a Twitter McCarthyism, right? You know where, th and and I'm going to tell you there was a something a couple weeks ago on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. I'm going to see. I, I recorded it on my phone. All right, it's it's not going to play, but I'll, I'll paraphrase. He said, "We live in a society now where a person or a group is allowed to tell you what your intent was." Right. And that's a good way to sum up what is happening. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, somebody could make a statement. Let's take the Roseanne Barr statement where she made about uh, a woman who looks like she's from Planet of the Apes. We all are descended from apes. So we all come from that same skeletal bone structure in our skull. Where, you know, we look like that. So if she would have said 25 years ago, oh, this chick looks like she's from Planet of the Apes. She could have said, well, I'm not saying she's a monkey. I'm just saying that some of her features <clears throat> are 
where she could look like somebody with makeup from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Where nowadays, it's no, you said she was a monkey, that was your intent, and you're right. gone. Yeah, I, I think that's important to, to make the distinction. That with this whole cancel culture thing, the, the part that's taking it too far is when you start looking for the intent. I do agree with, uh, sometimes people are whining about cancel culture because they don't want to face repercussions for the shit they did. I agree. And, and so there's those people that are used to just gaslighting others and saying, come on, no, you're crazy. That's what I just said is not, you know, sorry if you took it the wrong way. But, you know, there are people like that who, who think cancel culture means that you don't face repercussions. So right even within that, we can't even agree on what cancel culture is because different people who have different agendas will use it for different reasons. Well, let me ask you this. My favorite comedian of all time is Don Rickles. You know that. Yeah. The man had an amazing 60-year career, and he is always asked in every interview, and, I, and, and I, I would challenge you to find a Don Rickles interview I haven't seen. I would challenge it. He's asked by so many people, okay, Don, um, throughout your career, have you ever gone too far and said something you regret? And he says, no. I have always stood by what I said yeah. because it was intended lightheartedly as a joke, as a rib, as a poke. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a verbal caricature artist. If you've got a big chin, I'm going to say, look at the size of his chin. It's like a battleship. Yeah. You know, it isn't literally as big as a battleship. That's stupid. It's meant as a joke. But he stood by that. How long would somebody like Don Rickles last now? That, that's a good question. Because I, don't know, that, I, don't, I don't know that they'd ever they'd get exposure once and that would be it. You know, it, it's, it's an annoying time right now for, for humor with people looking for reasons. Again, I'm not really sure the motivations. I do suspect that there is some uh, information warfare behind it because they know it's a sensitive issue. So, like, let's, let's attack this. But um, as long as you're consistent, I think, like Don Rickles' whole persona was that. If he felt guilty about one joke, well, then he's got to feel guilty about other jokes, because mm -hmm. what, what does that mean? South Park was always defending that, too. They never regret any going after anyone, because everyone has to be fair game. Otherwise, you're saying, well, blah, 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 wait, no, religion is above it, guys. You, yeah. can you can't start picking and choosing. Yeah. Now, now, keep in mind, they, they, went, they did their episodes on Scientology, yeah. and Chef ended up quitting. I heard a lot of weird things about that after. As, as a result, though, he said, if you do this episode, I know I'm under contract and I have to be in it, but I'm going to quit if I, you attack my religion. I read a lot of things that seemed to indicate that Scientology was the ones that got involved in removing him and that it was sort of not... And they made it seem like he was the crazy one, which apparently Scientology is very good at doing, uh, from what I'm no, seeing about them. No, you're kidding. So there, there's more to that story that maybe maybe we should explore that for a future podcast. Is what's the real Paul, story? Paul, just put these two hands on these e-meters and let's audit you. <laughs> about you, right? But I mean, the episode that South Park did on Scientology, they 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 literally had subtitles running at the bottom to say this is the real shit Scientologists believe. I know. And Zenu, yeah, good old Lord Zenu uh, of the uh, the intergalactic empire, and 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 Ron, L. Ron Hubbard even said, you know, just if you want to be rich, start a religion, and he and he said it was made up essentially, like he all this information was out there then, 
people still have found a way to like. And that that episode though was so funny in so many different ways because they said, "Oh, you know, Stan, you're the new L. Ron, so write more things." And he goes, "Okay, stop giving money to the church. Whoa, 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 whoa stop!" Right. I mean, we want you to write stuff, but dude, that's part of the scam. I mean, part of the religion. Yeah. And then, of course, that was the same episode where Tom Cruise shows up and is angry and he hides in Kyle's closet. And Kyle keeps kind of, Tom Cruise, please just, just come out of the closet. And then John Travolta shows up. Tom, you got to get out of the closet. Yeah. You come in here with me? Okay. John Travolta and Tom Cruise both need to come out of the closet. Right. Like, and they just, it was shameless. <laughs> and it's okay because they do it with everybody and yeah. every topic. I've, I've said South Park solves issues. It does. If, if you followed the South Park mentality, it would solve so many I, issues. I think if you, when we look back over the last 20 or 30 years, South Park is probably going to stand out as one of the greatest shows ever to be on television. Mm-hmm. If you look at how, how they've matured over the years, but how they've suddenly become, they attack social issues with brilliant satire. Do you, and they do it within like two weeks. Within two weeks. They do it last minute. They have to yeah. kind of have that brush of okay we got the deadline when the ter- Terry Schiavo thing was going on in Florida yep. that's when they ran the episode of Kenny being kept apart yeah. it was like while it was going and, on and that's why they can be topical and fresh at the time it's like it's all relevant when they're writing it so it's all good stuff and it's, and it's all you know it's all coming from a place of inspiration it may get dated but when you look back it's still funny because they got the best material they could and they just consistently. Did you ever see the original South Park, like eight minute Spirit of Christmas? Yes. Yeah, that was what I first saw. Yeah. I, I saw that, and I was sitting alone in my office, and I was laughing out loud. Me too. And yet, that is the opposite of what South Park has become. But for them, as I think they were maybe college students, and, and it was a project at the time. Yeah. It was just called the Spirit of Christmas. There was nothing about South. South Park might have been the town, but. There wasn't, there wasn't a show called South Park yet. Right. And Cartman, and the voices are even a little different. Well, yeah, because I think they were exaggerated. And not you know, developed And, and it's like something, yeah. when you're watching, a, when you're watching a, a cartoon, you automatically think, okay, children, because there's not, not a lot of animated adult series. This was even before Family Guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, I mean, you had the Flintstones and the Jetsons, but it was very rarely was there a, a Simpsons have been running forever. But the Simpsons, to me, just has been on too long, I think. Yeah. I, I've, I haven't watched a new episode of The Simpsons in probably seven or eight. I did watch the crossover episode between Family Guy and Simpsons, which I thought was genius That's writing. That's interesting. But when I watched that, I'm watching it, you know, and, and one of the little kids says a cuss word, and all of a sudden, you, then you hear Cartman go, hey, you fucking Jew. And I'm like, whoa. Out of nowhere, yeah. You know, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. It was, and, yeah. And, and, but it was Spirit of Christmas and Santa fighting Jesus, and, and what would Brian Boitano do? Because Brian Boitano, the skier, the, the uh, yeah. ice skater show. Just something. a random, just a random homage to a gay figure skater from yeah. the eight, late 80s. I think one, 88 Olympics. One guy shows up and hi, who are you? You're not Brian Boitano. I'm actor Brian Dennehy. You know who we want. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know, that it, kind of thing. it had that silliness, but it it had such an edge to it that a, even and you know Beavis and Butthead were around in the early '90s. That had a different kind of edge, more of like a s- stupid teenager kind of gross and immature. But this was like they were gross and immature, but it was really had an edge to it. You know, they they went right after race. You know, language, yep. religion, did you, did, immediately. Did you, did you see the uh, the South Park shit episode? Yes, I did. And how many 
they said 130 times something like that yeah. and they, they just they just wanted to prove that it's just a word if you just get oversaturated yeah. with it it's just a word it shouldn't be anything to freak anybody out no i think it was a smart episode it wasn't an episode that made me laugh a lot because that started to get uh, like a little bit invasive but i'm glad they did it because i think exactly what you just said it proves that po- it kind of helps numb the word a little bit over the use if you overuse it it loses its impact Shit, at this point, might as well just be a, a something to buy time while you think yeah. of what else to say. It's just a filler word. Yeah, because you got cool shit. Yeah, shit. it's nice stuff. Nice shit. It's stuff, you that's know, all it is. Your <laughs> shit, my shit. Right. I feel like doing, doing Carlin. And, and that's it. That's kind of where it's going, but he pointed that out years ago, and, and even back then it was like, you know, it's just... What was that segment? What was that bit? Oh, um, your stuff. Your home is just you, a place. You need a place for, for your, your stuff. Stuff. Yeah. But when you but when you go away on a trip, you take a little bit of your stuff with you, just enough stuff, you know. And then when you get to your vacation, you have to go spend the night across the other side of the island, and you take just a little less of your stuff. And then he goes, "People got so much stuff. There's an entire industry for storing." somebody else's stuff and i think he says like someone else's stuff is like you call that shit (laughs) like somebody else's shit but it's your stuff yeah my stuff what is this shit (laughs) something like that. somebody else's stuff which is true you get your shit out of my house it's it's just uh it's become a regular word so well i guess uh uh the house passed the stimulus bill uh, in the middle of the night. Knew they were going to have to just do it regardless. Yeah, so no, uh, it'll, it'll go to the Senate now, and I think it's going to have enough to get through the Senate. Um, we we know it will, because it only has to have a simple majority. Right. And if the Democrats uh, hold true to their word, uh, then we'll all be getting, uh, uh, you and your lovely wife will get 2800 bucks, and me and my lovely wife will get 2800 bucks, and We'll just go to the casino and blow it. My <laughs> wife's got a gambling oh. problem. <laughs> oh, boy. You would, too, if you were married to me. She's gambled every day she's been with me. Oh, that's true. So she's, she gets that thrill. She should get that thrill enough. She shouldn't have to go. She should take that stimulus check. She doesn't have to turn it into I want to. I want to address something, and I, I wanted to talk to somebody sane. And there wasn't oh, anybody. Well, why'd you put me on the I podcast? I was about to say <laughs> that. Uh, I ended up with, with you, Solio. I act sane. It's a j- Gas prices and the relation to the president. Okay. Can we talk about this sure, for a minute? Yeah, sure. um, on Facebook, several of my, I'll use the term friend, it's really stretched really, really wide, mm-hmm. about ready to snap, um, said, oh, gas price is two fifty nine. Yeah, thanks, Biden. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I put on there, I, I hate to break it to you guys, that the president has no direct correlation or effect or effect on gas prices. And then I put a period. That's the end of that, because that's a fact. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your yeah, own facts. There's a lot of reasons. And they came back, oh, well, you're just a Biden lover and blah, blah, blah. No, I am absolutely not a Biden lover, but I do understand econ- e- the economics of the issue. Gas is a commodity. Oil is a commodity. Gas is a derivative of oil. Gas prices are established by the price of oil when we purchase it from OPEC, or even if we're drilling it on our own land. I love it when somebody thinks, well, if we just drill here, we can get off foreign oil. It costs money to drill right. here. It costs money to refine the oil mm-hmm. here. It's they don't not think about it. It's to, not so simple. It's not going to be any cheaper, except maybe it might be a, a 10 cents cheaper because it's not being floated over on a big giant Exxon Valdez. Right. And that's why it's good these people aren't running the country because they can't think beyond the, the one... We'll take it from here. Then we don't buy it from Saudi Arabia. We just 
you just put a straw in the ground. Yeah, drill baby. We, I saw Beverly Hillbillies. He shot at an animal uh-huh. and found bubbling crude. So yeah, it's got to be real. Yeah, just get a str- crazy straw, and then I, it yeah, takes I, longer. I shake my head, and I try, and then oh, they oh, that started a cavalcade oh, of of idiots oh, coming okay. on there, going, oh, well, Biden doesn't care about gas prices. He just cares about lining his son's pockets. Oh, okay, listen, can we focus on just a moment that it is a commodity and that the president has no direct now are there indirect things can a president open up oil reserves he can ask to have the oil reserves opened up yes which would cause a slight reduction in gas but the freezing conditions in texas kind of screwed up oil production recently and so i just wanted to let people know that whether you are right-leaning left-leaning or just normal somewhere in the center i want you to understand that the highest gas prices that have ever been in the United States was four dollars and eleven cents. Bush was president. Yeah, the prices for gas were astronomical under Bush. So I did not go on there and say, "Oh, gas is four dollars a gallon." Thanks, uh, G.W. Bush. Yeah, I remember because, because I knew he had nothing to do. Because I had no money in that time frame, and the gas was like twice as expensive eventually as it had ever been. I had, I, I had worked it into my contracts. Yeah. We were going to have to start charging travel fees yeah. if gas uh, approached $3 a gallon. The poorest I ever was in my adult life was I was like trying to transition between a corporate job and, and just start over in something that wasn't so structured like that. And that's when gas prices just exploded. I'm like, oh, what a great time. Dude, if you rented a car in Orlando, anywhere near Disney, and you went to a gas station anywhere near Disney, it was 476 a gallon. Oh, I can only imagine. Because, because, because they knew all them furners were going to show up and, you yeah. know, over there in them fern countries, gas is $7 a gallon. Except it ain't by the gallon, it's a liter, dumb shit. Now, Disney's just become like a place for the international rich people to go anyway. Now it's just, it's it's become a, it's so exorbitant. If you have a family, my God. So, well, it's fine, whatever they want to do. I did see a comparison the other day that uh, during the first 60 days, Trump was president. He played golf four times. How many times has Joe played golf? I doubt Joe has played golf, no. and I don't think he will. I don't think he, he he may not even be a golfer. But well, they'll say, well, he's not he's not American, so that's why he's not a golfer. He's communist. It's because you know Americans golf. Mm-hmm. When I see you guys driving around with these Confederate flag stickers and Confederate flags on the back, I don't see golf bags. No, I don't see a Callaway logo on their T-shirt. No, if anything, you might see a hunting sticker, a bumper sticker, or hunting or fishing Bass yeah, Pro. What they don't realize is that you know when you play golf, you're always hunting a golf ball. That's true. You know what? You're right. You do more hunting when you hit. Yeah. <laughs> you play with. You know me. what they probably do? They probably have a golf bag with like a, a shotgun in it in case they see a yeah. deer. Like a camo golf bag. Man, my mom, my mama got this. It's my wedding gift. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ever find it when we go golfing. <laughs> Yeah, I got this from an old brother was shot while we were playing golf. I uh-huh. thought he was a deer. Well, it works, I'll tell you, man. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, so I don't care if, you know, he doesn't, he's too busy trying to do undo some of the ungodly shit that Trump did for four years. It is just, I don't care. I've told several several of my friends, I said, listen, I don't, I don't claim to just blindly agree with everything Biden no way. Will, will do no. or has done. Um, I'll challenge it just like I would Trump. Yeah. I mean, the first eight months Trump was in office, I hate to say it, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. 
you have to give someone an opportunity and see what the trickle down is going to be. It takes some time to, to let their changes in their policies take place. Speaking of which, um, a person asked me the other day uh, if I'd gotten the vaccine. I said, yeah, I'm very fortunate. I've had both of my Moderna shots, <clears throat> doing well, no issues. And uh, the person says, well, you can thank Donald Trump for that. He's the one that got the vaccine going. He's the one that, that made them, that Defense Production, uh, the Defense Production Act had zero to do with the vaccine, completely. But just I, I realized who I was dealing with. Yeah, you know, you know with. the media, they're lying. I said, so you're telling me that Joe Biden is riding on the remaining coattail of Donald Trump before it completely pulls out of Washington. You're saying that he's getting credit now for the virus because of what Trump did. Is that what you're saying? She said, absolutely. That is exactly what I'm saying. I said, okay, what about when I said to you four years ago that during the first six to nine months of any presidency, the current president is living in that president's economy? That's true. Oh, no, that's not the same. I said, no, Obama set Trump up. But at least she's another golf analogy. He put the ball on the tee, handed him a big driver, and said, here you go, buddy. Handed him a recovering economy. 91 straight months of recovery when, when Trump came mm -hmm. in. We weren't Trump, perfect, but we were getting better. Right, we were getting better. It was, it was, on, a, it was on an uphill mm -hmm. you know, thing. And the stock market had doubled during that time. You know, all, all these different things. So I said, so what you're telling me is, is that Biden is riding on Trump's good coattails, but Trump didn't ride on Obama's. And she looked me straight in the eye and said, yeah, that's exactly right. There is that's, no logic. That's who we deal with. When, when people who still support a guy like that, they, they view it as, a, as a, a team, and they're used to ending arguments with, I know you are, but what am I? That's yeah. kind of the mentality they have. Logic doesn't matter when you're arguing with an eight-year-old because they'll just say, I know you are, but what am I, infinity? And they then go, they walk away. Or they, or they go, nuh-uh. Uh-huh, yeah, huh. And they'll do it. No, no quitsies, yeah. double stamp. They have an inexhaustibility about that kind of stuff. They just will fight and fight and argue and argue. And then when you just finally walk away, they're like, see, I won. I was it's right. It's like the Monty Python argument clinic. Yeah. Guy walks in and goes, hello, I'm here for an argument. He goes, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> he goes, yes, I am. I paid for an argument out there, and I'm bloody well going to have one. No, you're not. This isn't an argument. This is contradiction. No, it isn't. I mean, that's exactly what it's like with these people. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. There is no logic. Well, I'm excited to get into segment number two, so we're going to jump into that here real quick. Uh, you're listening to the Lighter Side of Dark podcast with Solio and Smith. I am Smith, and that is... Solio. You can check our website out at www.lightersideofdark.com, uh, spelled the way it should be, the way God intended. You know, your God, my God, whoever, Trump. Uh, you can uh, shoot us an email at listener uh, at lightersideofdark.com check out our Facebook which is uh, LSD podcast or lighter side of dark and uh, we have got uh, a great segment coming up segment number two we're going to be talking about one of the great pop groups of all time I did not realize the monkeys we're going to be talking about them um, there's a featured uh, featured artist slash band yeah, uh, Mickey Dolans Mickey Dolans and birthday, Crow uh, very very soon so an honor and uh, next week we're talking about one of my absolute favorite uh, artists James Taylor and our uh, Mount Rushmore segment this week will be about it's called the Donald J Trump commemorative <laughs> greatest dictators of all time we'll be right back <laughs> You know, 
we lost a lot of people during the pandemic, which makes me think of those people close to me. What if there was a way to remember them after they're gone? Well, now there is. My Forever Story. With My Forever Story, they come to your loved one, ask them the questions they choose, and in less than an hour, they have their entire life story recorded in their own words, and most importantly, their own voice. It's uploaded to the secure website and made available for all to hear, even future generations. No more trying to remember Grandpa's favorite stories. Now you can hear him talk about them himself. Your kids and your grandkids will be able to listen to your story from their phone or computer anytime. If you think your kids will read your life story, good luck. But they will listen if it's on their phone. It takes less than an hour, and in most cases, it's under $100. Call the toll-free number 866 913 3263 or go to the website my the number 4 everstory.com my forever story their voice their words their story all staff members wear masks and abide by CDC covid restriction guidelines your safety is our first priority hey everyone this is solio from the lighter side of dark and i want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world cuppy cakes if you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a uh, wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call. Go to their website. Check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see. www.ourcuppycakes.com, where you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Lighter Side of Dark featured musical artist. Segment number two, we are back. Segment number two, season number three, episode number four. Twos, threes, and fours are wild in this particular game. That they are. And so uh, we picked the uh, the monkeys. In honor of uh, Mickey Dolan's it's his birthday today, is it? I'm not uh, sure what his birthday I think, is. I think we were, there was something uh, correlating to Mickey Dolan's that made us decide this is a, a good time to talk about the monkeys. And that is what we're going to do. Are you old enough to really remember the Monkeys TV show? The Monkeys were on in syndication on, I want to say, it might have been Nickelodeon or one of those uh, sort of early cable shows. So they were on a lot, and I, I, did wa- I didn't watch it regularly, but I did watch, I did watch it from time to time. Um, so kind of like how the Jeffersons were on, it, it, it just weird certain shows, whether it was the 60s or 70s, just sort of appeared in the early to mid-80s on, on cable. And they would run them as often as they would run, you know, back in the day, I guess. Or so you can you can have some crossover. I remember watching them on uh, Saturday morning. Okay, Saturday so was that when they Saturday, ran initially? Saturday morning cartoon area. Okay, kind of, kind of what it was. Gotcha. Let me get my reading glasses over there. Sure, they're, they're close to you. I'm gonna need those. Unlike you, I don't wear glasses. <laughs> I'm, I'm damn time. So yeah, let's see here. The monkeys. We're checking the uh, the Bible of top forty. Um, oh, certainly. Four hundred people auditioned. Wow. For, for the 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 monkeys part. So they really kind of had all this planned and set up in their head. They just wanted to cast it. 
uh, the right way. Well, they, they, they already had Davy Jones because they, they, he had this, you know, the teen beat girl thing. Gotcha. They had, they had their... They had their, they, like, their sex symbol for the girls to look yeah. like their idol. And, and at David Cassidy, they used the same premise when they did the Partridge Family. They already knew they had David Cassidy. Gotcha. Teen heartthrob. Build around the heartthrob. Build around him. Find the punky little brother, Danny Bonaducci. Come to find out his stepmom, Shirley Jones, was the perfect mother. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So, uh, yeah, it says here, uh, Davy Jones was born uh, December 30th, 1935. Um, and he shared a birthday with uh, Michael Nesmith, who did guitar. And oh, that's interesting. Uh, Peter Tork was born on February 13th. And Mickey Dolan's 3-8. So here we are. We're pretty darn close. Pretty close. Close enough. I think the, the only ones that are still alive, um, because I know... Uh, there's, oh, there's two that are still alive, right? I, Michael Nesmith and uh, Mickey Dolans. Did Peter Tork die? Did Peter Tork die? Let's check the uh, check the Great and Glorious. We're gonna we're there. gonna check that. He did. He died in 2019. Yeah, there That's we go. A shame. That is, uh, is uh, 77. Uh, a sad shame. It's a very very sad shame. I always did in, enjoy the monkeys, and uh, and I think the uh, the theme song. Here we come. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Very catchy. Love that theme song. Yeah, very catchy. Sort of, uh, you could see how that would become a uh, very big sing along. Sing along. The song that, uh, that, uh, as they say, put them on the map, the TV show uh, was, was popular, but they did release this song before. TV show to establish a little credibility. Okay. This is the song that put him on the map. Last train to Clarksville. Yep. Gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> Such a Beatles sound. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the idea was. And essentially, they were they were put together as a parody of the Beatles. Right, like like an unsuccessful, like they wanted to be the Beatles. You know, so I always thought was funny is they, you know, how kind of the Beatles changed the spelling to reflect, and it had beat in it now, B-E-A-T, like, oh, beat, like a drum beat. And yet the monkeys, the real spelling of monkeys has keys in it, like piano keys, but they had to kind of change it. They had to change it or it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the opposite. So... It, <laughs> Even that, I guess you could say. Well, see, they're so unsuccessful. They their, their name is wrong. There was an episode of uh, American Pickers, uh, t- the TV show, yes. uh, that my wife and I just watched the other day, and they went to uh, a guy who collects classic movie cars, and he had the Monkey Mobile. Oh wow! And he had the original black, um, kind of gold painted monkey sign that was laid on the ground or set in front of the Monkey's Mobile when it was being shown. And they paid uh, twenty five hundred dollars for that sign. They bought it. They bought it off of them for twenty five hundred. Wow! So just a sign from the original monkey's car. Sure. Twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, piece of history. The prices on those things are sometimes uh, just could be whatever whatever someone wants to pay. It shows you part of how popular. The, do, you, do you remember what uh, instrument um, Davy Jones played? Was he the tambourine guy? He was tambourine guy. Tambourine yeah. all star. Only one who was not an actual. Uh, musician. So he was really, really just kind of cast as the, the face. I will say, 
the tambourine in this song is kind of iconic. It's sort of so, important. So, so if this. it was a Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live skit to come out, you know, I think we need more tambourine. More tambourine. <laughs> Even more so than, than the cowbell. That, he was, this was the original cowbell. Wait, Dave, Davey. Yeah, Let, let's hear bang the thing harder. I yeah, want to hear more. I think we need more tambourine. <laughs> but yeah, that is interesting. A tidbit was that he was kind of the one faker, uh, and the others were the, the real real thing. You can cover it if you got enough talent musically around you. They did have a twenty year dry spell. Their last hit was in June of '68, and then they had in August of '86 when they were reborn uh-huh. on MTV. MTV took a big interest in them in the mid-'80s. Oh, yeah, I remember... resurrected I, the tour of the Monkees, okay. in which Michael Nesmith did not come back Interesting. and, and join. Um, his, he did not need the money because his mother invented something. Oh, weird. So he was living off that mama money, uh, even though he was part of the Monkees. Do you know like, what his mother invented? I'm very interested in learning because it's... Liquid a, paper. Oh, wow, whiteout. Michael Nesmith's money, mother. Well, his money came from his mother. (laughs) Michael Nesmith's mother invented uh, whiteout liquid paper. Wow. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's living off the uh, the whiteout money. Whiteout money. Yeah. Usually, when you hear whiteout money, you're thinking of Columbia, but this in this case, it was. Well, I guess you could still get high off of whiteout. So what am I saying? In in your research, did you uh, find any interesting tidbits of people who tried out for the monkeys and didn't get chosen? No, I have not, but I would love to know what if there are any famous people that I guess I didn't realize that they were sort of put together and cast based around Davy Jones as I guess the anchor, like you were saying, or how how Cassidy was. But that does that does make it interesting. It's like now go back and see. You know, sort of, most bands form organically. Someone leaves, someone joins, they gain a little popularity. This was a kind of a different situation. Right. Uh, Stephen Stills, Crosby, Stills, okay. Nash, and Young. Definitely, tried out. definitely a name. Yep. Um, Paul Williams, the, okay. uh, the short little actor guy who was in Smokey and the Bandit fame. Um, you may you may not know this name. I recognize only because I'm definitely a fan. Uh, Danny Hutton of Three Dog Night. I don't recognize the name, but of course right. I, know, I know Three Dog Night. And, uh, and Harry Nilsson. <clears throat> oh. Without Me. Okay. Wow. Or, or, or Without You, or whatever that song was. Without You, yeah, I think I think so. And um, Stills, and I think the front man, John Sebastian from Love and Spoonful, okay. also tried out. So, now, there's an urban legend about somebody who tried out for the monkeys. It turned out to be completely fabricated. It was a rumor that uh, Charles Manson oh, that would have been had actually auditioned for the monkeys, and and if he had, and he would have gone on, would the world have been a better place? Uh, the monkeys, the show could have gone in a really dark direction. Maybe he would have taken, he would have kind of turned them all into his followers. He would have kidnapped some hot roadie, and then it all would have been a mess. Did you see the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, dude, I have it in there on DVD. I'm going to give it to you before you go. You got to watch it. It's um, a great Tarantino film. Oh, Tarantino is with uh, is. Uh, Brad Pitt and complete um, black for the other guy is now. Um, Let's see who is. he's got his go-to. Samuel L. Jackson must make an appearance at I, some I, point. I, I think so. I think he's, he's in every one. He's in all of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, great movie. But it has to do with the Manson family. So oh, okay. You definitely, you definitely need to watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, they did a movie 
the uh, the monkeys did. Um, there, it was called the psychedelic, and the movie was called Head. Huh. Colossal flop at the time. What a weird name. Yeah, just and but it was a it was during the psychedelic period. Yeah. And, stuff, and it was just absolutely horribly. It's just a massive they just, flop. They just you, you thought it. You thought the, you know, the Beatles could just show up and they could right. run two hours worth of just pictures of Paul McCartney and girls would have paid to see it. I mean, and they did movies, you know, help. But, and it was, <laughs> but it was written by, of all people, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson wrote the, the, the script of the screenplay. That is the so weird. Yeah. So he must have just been on, tripping on LSD and he's like, all right, I'm going to write y'all a script now. And then just boom. And then, and then we ended up with that garbage. Who knew? What a what a strange connection. I don't yeah. picture Jack Nicholson nose to the grindstone banging out a script for the monkeys in uh, psych- psychedelic times. Yeah, in 67 towards the end of their uh, career, uh, Davy Jones was almost inducted into the United States Army. Oh, weird. He filed for immigration and get an immigration mm-hmm. visa to become mm-hmm. a US citizen. Okay. And he had to sign a paper that 6 months after he was here, he'd be eligible for the draft. Oh, wow. You know they would never let anything like that happen today. Not, Those, not, not David. Not David Jones. You talk about the privileged and protected. No, 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 no. You'll go in a bomb shelter. In all of the episodes, only Peter Tork and Mickey Dolans appear in every single episode. Hmm. There was a couple where Davy Jones was on tour, maybe busy, self kind of thing, and Michael Nesmith was going. I think my mom just invented something really cool, so I don't think I'm going to be there this week. Weird. So yeah. The, but, how uh, do you do an episode with half of the? They must. I mean, they must have been able to carry it somewhat if it was. But I could see that being an issue. That's supposed to be an ensemble. How many episodes can you really do where half the band is? Not well, there in Three's Company, they had uh, Suzanne Summers called on the telephone in two or three episodes. That was her. Oh, uh, really? Hearing they... on the episode, you know, they, they said, okay, you, if you want, want more money, great. You still got to at least you know, do some call in cameo bits here and there until we negotiate it. Speaking of t- other TV shows, I did not know this. Um, Mickey Dolans and Michael Nesmith both auditioned. To be the Fonz on Happy Days. Oh wow! Can you believe that? I. It's always funny to learn about. That might be a good topic one day. Is to find who came close to getting certain iconic roles. Like one of the ones I always hear is Tom Selleck was, uh, was almost uh, Indiana Jones. That was one of those that I've heard. Yes. But that that's that's interesting. I'm not saying he Mickey Dolan's was almost, but but he tried tried out. What if? Yeah, How different and, uh, things would have been. The, the, the original father of the Brady Bunch um, was a famous actor. Draw a complete blank now on his name, too. He was the... Uh, anyway, I'll come he back. Was, he was cast initially, or he... Yeah, he, he was the father, and... Um, why am I completely drawn a blank on this? God, I hate when I do this because it, it's such a great story. He's a famous actor. He's been in tons of military movies. Uh, he was in uh, Enemy of the State with Will Smith. Okay. Um, why am I drawing a complete blank on this guy's name? But he was the original uh, father okay. on, on the Brady Bunch. I'm actually going to look it up. Yeah. Cast Enemy of the state. All right. Oh, uh, Will Smith was supposed to be uh, Neo in the uh, Matrix movie series. Oh, wow. But he turned it down 
to do Wild, Wild, Wild West. Oh, uh, whoops. So uh, Gene Hackman yeah. was originally going to be Mike Brady. Gene Hackman. Dead serious. Can't make you can't make this shit up. Dude. Wow, Lex Luthor as Mike Brady. Jack Nicholson was supposed to be the father in uh, Meet the Parents instead of Jack Nicholson. Instead take, of take, take that back. Robert Nicholson De- was supposed to be in it instead of uh, Robert De Niro. I could see definitely could see that because you know Robert De Niro plays. I could, like I, could, a, I could picture Nicholson leaning over at the dinner table. Well, Greg, I've got nipples. You think he could milk? Absolutely. Me? I mean, I could picture that. Absolutely, he could have definitely played you know that what, role. Greg, I've got a little circle of trust, and you're not in it. I mean, I could. Yeah, I could, I could definitely. It. It's almost like the role was written for him. But Robert De Niro did a great job, you know, because he could, because he was a wise guy, so he could pull off a tough, a tough act as a as a dad too. But Jack Nicholson has a little bit of that <laughs> extra crazy in there somewhere in the back of his head. Maybe it's just the look what, on his what face. What other famous musician of the time period was also named Davy Jones? Oh boy, there was a, a second Davy Jones. Yes, and he, the second guy, changed his name. Because he didn't, he didn't want it to be confused with Davy Jones. So the original Davy Jones of the Monkees established, "I'm Davy Jones." Okay. There was another. It sort of took over. Very that. famous. Yeah, I'm gonna hear it and be like, "Oh, David Bowie." David Bowie. Was, Davey, yeah. was, was was named David Robert Jones. Did and went yeah. by Davy Jones, uh, and his his first band was Davy Jones and the Lower Third. That's crazy. That it's almost in a weird way Davy Jones did him a favor because I can't picture. You know, uh, uh, life on Mars and all. <laughs> I can't picture that as Davy Jones. Hey, it's Davy Jones. Something about the the name David Bowie gives you license to be really weird and and uh, just kind of. He was an interesting. Yeah. He was an interesting character. Star, the, star, the star child himself. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting um, bit of information from the Star Trek people. That Gene Roddenberry purposely cast Chekhov to be a young, good-looking, cute, mop-top kind of guy, as because he saw the popularity of Davy Jones. Interesting. So that's... Chekhov was literally cast to lure more teenagers to watch Star Trek. And meanwhile, that's odd because he was cast as sort of a for almost like a foreigner in that way, as opposed to say it right, foreigner. Foreigner, especially foreigner. As opposed to someone who might be uh, more relatable, but I guess they thought, well, the Beatles are foreign. They could have just given him a British accent, called him, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Jonesy or something. <laughs> it would have fit right into that, that teeny bop. But then maybe they wouldn't take him seriously. Couldn't believe it, man. There were so many, so many cool things uh, about this group that I was just completely, you know, unaware of. But I had heard the urban legend of... The Charles Manson. It's disappointing when you hear something your whole life and then it turns out all it just gets debunked on it, like just, just kind of uh, dies on a, on a, on a thud. Like oh, once upon a time in Hollywood has uh, DiCaprio, and Brad Pitt. DiCaprio's in it too. Okay, great movie, and I'm telling you, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm not gonna ruin it, or ruin it, or whatever. Um, and you know the monkeys were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I, I guess maybe because of the success, they really did have a few big hits, and maybe the show being part of their success, and maybe those things, two things together, pushed them, pushed them over the edge. Seventy-five million albums sold. Yeah, that's, and and I think when you get a 
having a TV show that gave you sort of a vehicle to almost promote, you know, that was almost they were sort of ahead of their time in that sense. You could you could you could debut a song on the show if you wanted to, and then that could become a hit on the radio. I, I'm not sure about the timeline of that, but I don't know if that was really a, a thing at the time. You know, I don't know that there were any television shows about bands at the time or before that. Well, I, the, the, the success of the Beatles is what made that uh, possible. Definitely. You know, I they were ripe for almost, I guess, a parody, essentially, is what, it, is what you could call it. it was what number is this, Chip? 7A. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. Davy Jones. That was weird. Oh, I could hide beneath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. All right, we're not paying any more for that. It's uh, yeah. It's odd to think that someone who can, you know, he can carry a tune. Davy Davy Jones. It's odd to think he didn't play any instruments at all. Usually, people who are musical at least could play play to to some degree, but. Uh, I guess the tambourine was just his love. Yeah, that was his... Uh, he, just, he just wanted something that, like, you know, he was uncomfortable. He wanted to just hang on to this as his little security blanket. Well, there's a lot of lead singers out there that are not necessarily known for their... That's true. It is easier to concentrate on your vocals. Musicianship. Yeah, it, it is kind of hard. I mean, the greatest can do both at the same time. I mean, but I, I sing... And I can fake play a piano while yeah. I sing, and I can fake play a guitar while I sing. <laughs> but I just wonder if I actually tried to play. I mean, it, it literally just would have to do with. I mean, I'm a drummer, yeah. so I could just do, have to I do with do, practice and reps. I could do two different things with you know two different hands. Yeah, to say, do two different things at the same time. And that's the hardest part. So I, I, I guess I could. I guess I might be able to do that if that was uh, if that came right down to it. So. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about with the monkeys? The monkeys? I, I don't know. That, uh, we just we touched on two of them because that was just a, I'm a, uh, that was a Cheer Up Sleepy Sleepy Gene, right? And uh, they also had I'm a Believer, Daydream Believer, two two big hits with Believer in it. Uh, Last Train to Clarksville, obviously that was their their big hit, but a lot of hits that oh yeah oh I forgot about that one in, in a sense you know. I'm not your stepping stone. Oh, I'm not your stepping stone. Yeah, That's it was a B side. That charted as high as 20 on the top. It's funny how that will happen every now and then. A B-side will make a surprise uh, appearance on the charts, or in really rare cases, will will become the. Valley Sunday and a little bit me, a little bit you, not your stepping stone. Valerie, great song. Yeah, quite a uh, quite a a a, a catalog. I celebrate the monkeys' entire catalog. We didn't we didn't bump Michael Bolton this week. No, but. go back last week if you want to hear all about Michael Bolton. That's on episode three. Because you can always uh, always go back to, depending on wherever you're listening to us, and you can uh, go back and listen to uh, episodes. Because dude, we're like way into season three now. We're uh, so much babble. There's you can go back for hours and hear drivel all day long. It's great. Excellent. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up uh, segment number two. We'll be back with number three, which is our Mount Rushmore of famous dictators, the Donald J. Trump commemorative famous dictators, Mount Rushmore. You're listening to The Lighter Side of the Dark with Solio and Smith. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Looking for a unique and different kind of entertainment for your next fun event? Try a real live TV style game show at your home or your next event. All your favorites, The Feud, Jeopardy, Pyramid, Match Game, The Really Wood Game, and on and on. This is no board game or DVD version. This is the real deal. Full-blown TV setups, just like going to Hollywood, but saving you the trip to the West Coast. All ages love game shows and styles available to fit all budgets. Call 727-531-8880 or visit the website at gameshowparty.com and plan your next event, being the one everybody will be talking about. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area. Social distancing guidelines respected. Now it's time for our Mount Rushmore segment, brought to you by Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa. We're going to see if uh, Paul's ready for his bit. Paul, who is at Side Splitters Comedy Club this week? It's going to be, if you've ever seen uh, America's Got Talent. As a matter of fact, I have. And if you've ever been uh, in the Orlando, maybe if you're from the Orlando area, Preacher Lawson is going to be. He uh, he started around the Orlando area, so he was someone who would uh, come, uh, come by down to Tampa once in a while, and then he got America's Got Talent, and now he's... He's just sort of blown up, and it's good that he still comes back to uh, back into town. What has kind of surprised me about uh, AGT versus uh, AI American Idol, which I I've heard great things about this year's show, but I can't I can't force myself to watch Lionel Richie say the same shit every week, right. and Katy Perry say the same shit every week, and yeah. Luke Bryan say the same shit every week. I, I miss I long for and miss the days of Simon Cowell and Harry Connick, actual people who know right. something about how to make money in the business. Let me ask you this. Other than Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood and Adam Lambert maybe fronting for Queen. Right, which is a kind of a, it became a niche thing for him. They get 20 years of this show. And other than Nothing. them, that is basically yeah. it. And um, the, 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 the chick who uh, came in third place season three uh, went on to be a great actress and so Jennifer on. Jennifer Hudson. Hudson, yeah. Love her. But... But they have put out, they put so much money behind these people and nothing ever happens. But AGT creates yeah. good comics. It puts it, doesn't create them, I take that back. It exposes them. In a, in a good, and it gives them good, valuable critique and judge. Like, you get a good sense of who this person is. When you, when you watch an episode today of, like, like you said, American Idol, the, you can tell when the judges are there just to be liked by the audience and to promote themselves. That's when you start seeing him say shit like that. Because you know Lionel Richie knows the music business, but he also just wants to appear nice. He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So he should not be a judge on the show then. As soon as the song is done, as soon as the person auditions, okay, okay, listen, my friend. I got to tell you something, my friend. This is where you are. You're here, and I'm here, and you're here, and we're both here. Listen, my friend. We're here. You're going to hear no's from time to time. You're going to hear no's. I've heard no's, and I've heard yeses. I've heard more no's than I've heard yeses, but you've got to stay in your lane, my friend. Yeah, my friend. Listen, you're here, and I'm here. We're both here. It's like Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Lose your hands since you're here and since I'm here. Doesn't this make it our time? It's like he's dan- He wants to dance around. You know, he doesn't want to be the bad guy, which is fine. That that then don't put him in that role of judge on American Idol. Okay. You you have to be critical or at least interesting. Like you don't have to be mean necessarily, but you have to be critical and you have to be like, what can they do to be better or what can they do differently? Help them. Yeah. And Howie Mandel, don't fluff him. Howie Mandel, who I don't think is should it be anywhere near a Mount Rushmore if there were 25 spots on it, of greatest comedians of all time. But I have heard him say, this is the hardest job. 
on American Idol. I believe it. Stand up comic because you know you're not performing anything where people are watching the whole. It's just you making them laugh. So it, it's much harder. But he'll say, you know, yeah, I really liked your material last week better. But you know, but you're likable and people like you yeah. and the audience likes you. So yeah, I'm going to put you through. But I really liked your original material last week. He, he can speak to that too because he is a comic and he's you know he would say good material, bad material. He could at least recognize it, even if he doesn't think it's funny. Howie is probably listening to the audience, seeing how they perceive him. Right. And that's... Well, they, they had a guy on, I think he was three years ago, had Tourette's. Okay. And had a bad stutter and had Tourette's. This guy, I apologize, I don't remember his name. He was very funny. Yeah. Because he took his Tourette's and really wrote some great... Material. Yeah, it has to still be really good. Really did. Definitely. Wrote some great material. Um, one of the bits was he goes, he goes, you know, he goes, the guy, you know, this guy comes in, the cops, you know, I open the door, we're being held hostage, the cops open the door, and the cops are like, okay, you good? You know, blink if everything's okay. He goes, dude, I've got Tourette's. <laughs> you know, he's blinking like this. The yeah. cops are like, I can't tell, is he in trouble or is he okay? Um, and and he goes he goes imagine me going to Hawaii he goes I stutter and everything in Hawaii sounds like somebody who stutters wrote it a wee a wee a wee yeah I know where that is so it, he, but but Howie Mandel said to him you can't make every set about your Tourette's right he goes establish you you, you established you have Tourette's yeah. you made everybody laugh with you and then you took it to another level he goes now I've noticed you're expanding a little bit into some other areas because keep that going you can't have a crush yeah that's true um, Brian Williams the uh, the little little person the midget comedian yes love him saw him over over at improv a few years ago and and he was great because yeah he his his perspective is I'm a midget this is my this is my comp this is the view of my comedy and my humor from 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 like you know three and a half feet tall yeah and I, I love comedians who accept their lot in life and then and build on it. But Eddie Murphy, for as many stand-ups as he did, it wasn't always about black people. Richard Pryor wasn't always about black people. And yeah. same, Jeff Foxworthy, you know, it wasn't always about rednecks with him. He had that drawl in his voice mm-hmm. as his delivery. You know. right. um, it was kind of his, his, his maybe his identity. You know, but, but Dennis Miller, sarcastic. You know, and elitist way he talks. You know, uh, but uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Preacher Lawson. I would highly recommend it if you guys are listening anytime between now and this weekend. Get tickets to see him. Yeah, no, you'll really you'll good. love Preacher. All right, well, let's talk about our Mount Rushmore segment: the Donald J. Trump commemorative <laughs> greatest dictators. Greatest of all dictators. Time. Ugh, I don't want to hear Donald J. Trump and greatest in the, in the same sentence ever. Now, on on my list, I went I went way back. I, I think we should go way back. I went way back. But I guess you're saying you're going to go into maybe, <laughs> like, what territory? Like pre, pre-Genghis or you, whatever? You, you want to go first or am I going first? Um, you know, let's see. I'm, uh, who do I want to start with? Should we... Are we saying greatest dictators? Or are we just going to say, mo- like, most... Fa- greatest is a hard word I <laughs> to use when I'm referring. Change it. Most effective. Most <laughs> infamous. Most infamous. Maybe we'll do that. Most right. infamous. Should we start with Adolf Hitler, then? I think so. I think he's, that's, he's, he's definitely on my list. Pro- yeah. I mean, you know, in, in terms of infamy, in terms of some, some of the similarities and some of the comparisons. That is the guy who completely ruined the Charlie Chaplin mustache. He did. It's... It's Imagine the number of people that probably would have eventually had that mustache, but yeah. Hitler ruined ruined it. 
for everybody. That's true. That that's how famous he is. He single-handedly ruined a, a facial style on your lip. <laughs> a, a mustache is but no longer. Why used. wasn't it? Why wasn't it called? I mean, I've heard people call it the Hitler mustache. Yeah. Why isn't it just called the Hitler? I think that's what people call it in just like colloquial, colloquial, colloquialism. <laughs> Rock uh, ballad. Yeah, I don't know what else it's called. Is the, I'm sure there's a real name for it. I just I'm not sure that I know the actual name other than oh, that's the Charlie Chaplin had the Hitler mustache before Hitler. That's how I would hear it described. I'll tell you what. Uh, while you're talking about Hitler, I'm going to look it up. We're going to look up. We're going to. This is the kind of of extensive research that we're willing to do here uh, at the Lighter Side of Dark. <laughs> which, by the way, uh, you can find us at the Lighter Side of Dark all together, all one word, all spelled normally like a human being would, lighter side of dark. Or you can go to Facebook, type in LSD podcast. You know what it's actually called? The, the toothbrush. The tooth. It does look like a toothbrush. It's called a toothbrush that's, mustache. That's it, it, ger- famous, made famous in Germany. I think that makes, that makes it even funnier. Hitler yep. was wearing a toothbrush. A toothbrush mustache. Wow. All right. So Mr. Uh, Mr. Dictator with the toothbrush mu- toothbrush. Mount Muffboard with the toothbrush. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> there, were, there were different nicknames. One of the German uh, derivation nicknames was the uh, Zweilfinger, That's which is two finger. Oh, okay, so wild fingers. It's like two fingers of scotch, but yes, your two fingers exactly. on your lips. <laughs> but, if you, but if you saw Inglorious Bastards, this is the German three, not this. <laughs> This is the German three. Yes. Um, it was. I saw another nickname: the snot break. This <laughs> disgusting but effective. The snot break. And, Wonderful. And then, of course, uh, after the rise of Charlie Chaplin, it was known as a Chaplin. But mm-hmm. it's uh, a toothbrush mustache is what it's officially called. Well, that's uh, it's good to know that the most important part of Adolf Hitler. Forget about the extermination of the Jews. We're really focused on his mustache. Yeah, it depends on. I mean, if, if you've got a, a Confederate flag on your truck, you're thinking it didn't even happen. Right. That's that's true. So yeah, uh, Adolf and his uh, tr- attempted extermination. Scary, kind of how he, you know, he almost rose to power the beer, the beer hall putsch, which a lot of people are comparing to the the Capitol insurrection. Um, you know, kind of got he got arrested, but he got off fairly lightly considering i think he served about 10 years and then what do you know he rose to power after came, that came right came right back so um i certainly hope that does not happen yeah now. let's take that lesson please and avoid repeating that one i know we have a bad habit of repeating history in this world maybe that's one we could just sort of skip the repeating of learn right there like mm, let's nip that in the bud all right i got the second one here that uh, at least in my opinion um should be considered one of the sure. uh, most infamous dictators of all time, uh, Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong. Chairman Mao. I'm telling you, you are definitely a dictator when everybody in the, in the, in the country carries a picture of you in their wallet. That is some, like, first-level narcissism and, and getting them, like, being a cult leader who can be everyone's on board. Mm-hmm. He can strike that much fear into every single human being that, like, you have to have a picture of me, right? You gotta, so when they say, who's your daddy, you just open that wallet, and then you show them, and that's it. I'm Mao. Don't ever forget it. Yep. If I'm you, sure that's if, how it went. If you say Chairman Mao, everybody knows who's your, who you're talking about. Um, he lived until uh, he was almost 80, I think, and he was basically the founding father of the People's Republic of China. 
Yeah. Which is again, there's a there's a lot of Chinese folk that are good old Chairman good. Mao. <laughs> Chairman Mao. Very teenage girls are walking around with a picture of him in their wallet, not Davy Jones. That's true. That's that is that is true. Uh, chairman. Hey, who, who you the got chairman. for number three? So we got uh, Adolf and his toothbrush mustache. Chairman Mao with his cool shades and his uh, slick back hair. Who do you got? Cl- who do you got tied on on the uh, on the rush move over there, Paul? I'm I'm going back and forth between Stalin and Napoleon, and I'm trying to to decide who I want to. Where should I throw? Dude, I'll help you. It's got to be Napoleon. I, I want to go with Napoleon. The Napoleonic Code. You know, he kind of he was a great military general. Who else could be famous for having uh, some sort of severe ulcer of some sort that makes you just, you know, oh, everyone knows you tuck your shirt in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and he, he, really, he was like five foot or five foot one or five yeah, foot two. The, dink, dinky little dude. Right. He even has the complex named after him. He was he was shorter, I guess. Uh, I don't know if he was as short as he was made out to be, but I, I think he probably was short by maybe by general standards, uh, general's standards. But he really, you know, he did a lot for, for, uh, for France uh, by setting the Napoleonic Code in the post-revolution when it came to, like, setting laws about property, colonial affairs, family rights, individual rights. Those things don't get talked about as, as often, probably, but he did a lot uh, besides declare himself supreme ruler of uh, France. Or whatever term he used. The, the yeah. Well, he became the emperor. Emperor. That that's yeah. emperor of France. Dictator, they're, they're, emperor, pretty much all, all all about the same thing. Yeah, the emperor is the more is the I guess there, there the is no there term. is no dictator package at Caesar's palace. No, there's an emperor. There's an emperor. Emperor sounds more regal. Dictator sounds more like an asshole. So yeah. I guess you go by emperor. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, now it's time to talk about spot number four, which will I'm sure bring up a great deal of uh, of debate yeah. uh, among both of our listeners. There's a lot of spots left for bad people. Um, I'm I'm kind of torn here. You can kind of lead me down the primrose path here. <laughs> One that we're all basically very, very familiar with now in 2021, Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. But the one that I really want to carve up there, Julius Caesar. Oh, Julius. I didn't even think of Julius Caesar, but he was a dictator. Yeah. And he was so bad that is even, even you, Brutus, really... Yeah. Even, a, a, a two brutal. Like, are you kidding me, Brutus? That yeah. that would be like, hello. Like that would be the response today. Like it would be like watching Mitch McConnell stab Trump in the back. Oh God, could you? Imagine? I would pay for that on pay per view. Yeah. Oh, he would the rest of the Republican him. senators mm-hmm. and all starts to. That would be so. I mean, by the way, this is just a podcast meant for entertainment, not condoning yeah. attacking a former president. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. We are just explaining a, a parallel between that, and uh, that's what happened back in the yeah, day. I would say Caesar's, Caesar and Napoleon, they they, they got to be there. I mean, Saddam Hussein's more famous now, but, I mean... Yeah, guy, I wouldn't put Saddam up there. I would put Genghis Khan up there before Saddam Hussein, I think, anyway. But, but definitely, I think uh, Caesar is... I mean, who else has a palace named after them in Vegas? Yeah. Not that many. You know, the calendar. The, the calendar. That's the right. The calendar we use today, the Gregorian calendar, yeah. is essentially a Julius Caesar, which is you know why Augustus is August. Right. Yeah. And I think that's and I think that should be part of it is how much influence do they still have today? Do they still have any lingering influence, or do you still talk about? Well, you could you could argue Marxism and Stalinism. You could you could True. argue those as isms. Yeah. But you know they uh, they had they had effect for. Uh, 
for kind of a short time. And right. Now, now uh, these dictators can be made famous, you know, overnight because of the internet, because of news, and so on and so forth. If, if you asked me right now, uh, excuse me, if you asked me in the 1970s who was the dictator of North Korea, I couldn't have told you. Right. But you ask my kids now, they go, oh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag, I'm a dictator. You just yeah. go to Twitter. It's, it says all the dictators there. There's Donald Trump would say he loves me. He uh, loves we, we, we share love letters. Yeah. He Kim Jong, the rocket man. He fell I, in love with I him. I call him rocket man, but he loves me. Rocket. He truly loves me. So, uh, you know, if they send anything, they start any crap with us, you know, the fire and fury like the world has never seen. Didn't happen. Good. Glad. But why, when somebody talks about how Trump handled Kim Jong-un, I'm like, actually, the previous three dictators were also handled by American presidents. They haven't nuked us. They're not right. going to. Right. We could wipe out North Korea with seven nuclear strikes. It, it would be. It would literally be a wasteland. Yeah. For the rest of history. That really. That's just their dead man's switch. Essentially. Oh, you're going to nuke us. All right. Fire the nukes. We're all de- they, they have nothing. They have no economy. Mutual assured destruction. We would light them yeah. up. We would light them yeah. up. Yeah. And that's the thing. And they don't even have. Certainly don't have. The, the level of, of capability that we have. God knows we spend enough money on the military. Uh, uh, so you, you mentioned Genghis Khan. Genghis. Very famous. Yeah. <clears throat> Young uh, when he started yeah, all of it. I too. think of him more as a conqueror. That's that's true. I guess I guess that With is... Napoleon, you could... And even Caesar. Because, dude, the Roman Empire was almost all of Europe. Right. By the time, you know, he, he was... The spread he was, of influence. He was rocking and rolling. And then um, there, there's one I gotta I gotta mention in honor of my good friend Chevy Chase. Um, good evening. This is Weekend Update. Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead because <laughs> he died right during the peak of Saturday Night Live. Right. They, they mention it every week. Uh, yeah, Francisco Franco. Oh my God, what a, what a terrible dictator! But uh, I had to give him kind of a a, a joking. Oh, honor, you can give. Yeah, we, it's okay. I think it's okay to throw out some honorable mentions because there are so many horrible people uh, over the years. Castro was uh, was was uh, we just what, five years ago. He's, he lasted until just five years ago. Um, there have been a lot. There have Mussolini was a was a jackass. El Duce. That's right, the leader. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's one on here that I, I had to do a special. Oh, I did a uh, uh, literally a book report on uh, Chiang Kai Shek, okay. the, uh, the uh, dictator in uh, in China, who uh, basically brought the Nationalist Party to um, to fame, okay. essentially. And uh, how about Idi Amin? There's a pretty good dictator from Uganda. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know that one. He was the one that brought uh, the the rumble in the jungle. Oh, okay. To uh, Uganda. All right. Yeah. yeah he was a, uh, and it was rumored. It sounds that like a boxing match. It was rumored that he, well, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, he uh, he actually was rumored that he uh, had some of his uh, uh, the people who were against him had them killed and ate them, had them cooked and ate them just to prove oh that is that is dark that's definitely that is some that is like beyond bond level villain that's what about about Gaddafi Gaddafi was a wicked dictator he was a pretty shitty person oh that's for sure and he died in a real fitting brutal way it's really it's just like some of these guys the ends they meet 
it's and it's only going to get worse now. We're all going to see everything on TV, and you know, someone even in like you know Uzbekistan, they'll have their their little camera phones out. And then we'll <laughs> What was that sound again? <laughs> yeah, that was the crowd gathering, and, 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 and you know, <laughs> as everyone was being beaten to death. And uh, and uh, Pinochet, uh, Pinochet of, of, of Chile, yeah, of Chile. He was, and uh, God, this is a bad time to. We're we're really why are Nikolai Ceausescu of Romania? I always forgot about how bad he was. Man, he was terrible. Yeah, it's pretty much a. It's Cleveland be, was in the Cleveland show. He's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Ayatollah Khomeini. Yes. Oh my gosh, gosh, there's so many on this list. I know. But I don't. I don't see anybody that I could that I could bump somebody off of our Mount Rushmore though. Yeah, not you know. I'm trying to think of like you said, uh, not only a conqueror, but someone who also sort of had a lot of influence over what what, what, what you know, happened. In you the... might be able to argue. You might be able to argue Castro. Uh, maybe I mean he was there. He was successful that is there a, for that a long is time. Absolute dictator. Iron right fist. There. Yeah, communist. Uh, a lot of. Uh, I mean, he stayed in power till he died. That's that's usually what happens unless they. You know, no, dude. I think he's still alive. Castro? No, Castro died in 2015. Sure. Yeah. Or 2016. Let's look that up. Um. Oh, okay. November of 2016. Yeah, yeah, this this thing I'm looking at on the Great and Glorious Google has everybody's, like, the year they were born and the year they died. And they and never him, updated and him. And him, huh? him, it just says 94. Well, he didn't die that long ago. I mean, that was only less, that was less than five years ago. Because four and a half years ago it was. So he lived to be a ripe old age of 90. So oh. so, so we're calling this the Donald J. Trump commemorative uh, list of, of famous or infamous dictators. What do you think all these guys have in common? Uh, you know, I don't know if all of them have things in common. Is it a it, combination of the fear of retribution and loyalty? Or the loyalty is what keeps your fear of retribution down? Or the fear of retribution keeps your loyalty? They it's must like a chicken or the egg I kind of I think you have to, you, you must have to have charisma because it can't only be fear-based. Because if that was the case, then I think... Putin would be more successful now as opposed to, you know, Russia, I mean, he's successful in scaring people and, and political enemies, and he tries to, but, you know, he's oh, like... hold on there, Paul. Every <laughs> five years, there is an election, and he wins by landslide every time. Yeah. Are you saying there is something questionable about the Russian uh, elections? Exactly. And, and he's, you know, he's like a destructor, and he strikes fear, but he doesn't really... You know, you, you only have so much leverage because their economy is nothing. So, I Khrushchev, like Khrushchev of Russia mm. was a prolific uh, speaker and could rally people. And that's something that I think Putin is very iron fist. But I think when some of these guys must have the charisma to inspire and get people on their side. Well, well and Trump. Trump's got loyalty he from does. people that he almost got killed. He has charisma. It's not. It's to not to me. I mean, to me, he's just a blabbering idiot. But he knows how to get excited when there's people around him. That because that drives him. 
knows how to get get people to go and attack a capital yep, while he, he sits comfortably in the White House. Yeah, knows well, how. To, but I'm going with you. Yeah, knows how to deliver a message. You guys just go down there to the Capitol. I'll be right behind you. I swear to God, I'll be right there, holding a Trump flag. How weird is that? Yeah. I'll be holding my own flag. He's probably sitting there eating his uh, his his hamburger from Mc, McDonald's, hamburger? watching it. <laughs> his, yeah, his hamburger. His hamburger. Um, but you know, they they have to have. I mean, I would imagine some of these people really actually cared about their people, and, and to, like how Napoleon, with with trying to implement, you know, some structure to the government. If you're only about power and scaring people, I don't think you even bother with those things. That's why I think that that's Putin is a good example of someone who's just like just wants to scare people. He, what has he done for Russia? He, you know, he's trying to follow the. Uh, uh, what is that doctrine that was written years ago? The 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 basically how to dismantle the West, and and I forget what the name of it is now. But it's it's just you know oh you should the Gene Hackman doctrine. Yeah, the Gene Hackman doctrine. But um, yeah, you know he was supposed to be the father on the Brady Bunch. I heard that that was in an episode of uh, the, uh, this amazing podcast yeah, I heard yeah, about Light of, Side of Dark. Light Side of Dark. Those those season those, three episode four. I those think. dark guys. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, dictators have to have. Like you said, I think they, they rise from some type of incident, trauma, um, problem, catastrophe within their country. There's somebody that typically will rise up as the leader, the spokesman, um, or, or whatever. Right. But I would, I would say that uh, you know, great dictators, like you said, normally they have to be really great speakers. Yeah. Reagan was a great speaker, a great orator. Uh, and Trump, like you said, he's got charisma, but he he appeals to certain people who have that like-mindedness. Right. And he's the total opposite to, I would say, normal people like like me and you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I because I, it's definitely his his thing is fear, and the fear of retribution. What amazes me is I probably think of Trump more like J. Edgar Hoover. How, how what what's the uh, like the parallel? That He'll use whatever he has to to smear his opponents. Okay, and that yeah. and, and J. Edgar Hoover had files on yeah. everybody. That was uh, Mitch Mitch McConnell. He, uh, that's how he got into power in the first place. He he was famously did a real nasty smear campaign at the last minute and and was elected and has been in there since. Yeah, the rest is history. But you know the but the the people that are voted for him, you know they're they're from Kentucky. Well, yeah, they they don't know no better. You know, they think, well, that's a man. Well, I've, I've, I've often I've often said there's a reason why Indiana doesn't float into Lake Michigan because <laughs> Kentucky sucks. <laughs> oh boy! Speaking of sucky conditions, the uh, weather has been terrible around the country, except here. Yeah, we. That's one thing. Florida. It's been the sunshine state the last uh, two or three weeks. People are, you know, that Arctic wave came down and just completely effed up Texas. Yeah. And we're down here going, well, it's 75 and sunny today. Yeah, we get uh, no matter, even if there's like a hurricane about 25, 25 uh, 250 down the road, it's just sometimes we're like, wow, well, these outer bands making it a nice breeze. Mm-hmm. It's 72 and sunny. I guess we do take that for granted a little bit because we have to deal with some of the other people around us here. So it, it balances out, you know, the weather, but then also... The, the, the idiots. And we also uh, we also heard this week that uh, basically we're just getting ready to open up 
here in Florida. Oh, great. COVID's over. I don't know if you know COVID's this, COVID's over. According Fantastic. to the governor, governor to suck this, it's, uh, yeah. it's over. The governor who's uh, handed out uh, his his uh vaccines to rich neighborhoods that that and, that and that's like just out on the table apparently and and it's fine they don't just fine. even try to hide they don't it even try anymore. to hide it so yeah of course that sucks for me i'm not vaccinated my wife's not vaccinated and they're about to just act like it's fine what do they care they're vaccinated so you know people like him he could give two shits he just wants his rich friends to be able to open their businesses again. i have an interesting uh, uh quandary um a uh, dilemma, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, a subject. Sure. Things we talk about. I have heard that state prisons mm-hmm. have been giving COVID vaccines to prisoners and inmates even before they're giving them to people like you and your wife. That makes no sense. It it makes it makes this sense. Maybe not a lot of sense, Protecting but it does make the this pro- for profit prison. That is a petri dish where they're all enclosed Mm -hmm. and the medical conditions medical treatment for anything if you're in prison if you're sick as a dog you have to fill out a piece of paper and request to see a doctor three days later if you're sick as a dog so you don't like go to the doctor Mm -hmm. so my point is is that if you're going to put someone in prison you're supposed to take away their freedom that's the main goal and rehabilitate them that's that's essentially it with COVID, there's never been anything quite like it. I understand why they would do that, but I still don't. I still don't think that they should have been prioritized. No, I don't either. Because they're it's, saying to people on the outset, okay, if you don't have a vaccine, then steer clear and social distance and yeah. do whatever you got to do. But I do understand why they're doing well, that in some prisons. Here's my view on that: it's not my fault that for-profit prisons are overcrowding themselves because they want to make money and punish people for Are bullshit. you saying that they put it's people my in fault. prison, Paul, purely to make <laughs> oh, money? Imagine that. Are you trying to convince so, me of that? To me, that's a not my problem. You know how you know how um, li- um, um, conservatives like to say, fuck your feelings, um, facts don't care about your feelings? Well, fuck your feelings. I don't care about those prisoners because I didn't want for-profit prisons I'm not the ones that are doing it. Now you want my help? No. We are the ones playing by the rules out here. I would love a vaccine. I, you know, I still work when I get gigs. I am in public. I have to grocery shop. I have to do shit. Why do I get punished? Because they want to keep themselves safe in the Petri dish that they created. It's not my fault. I, I, I like the way you said that, that, that they created, not really the prisoners. Not because the prisoners. Again, because, again, prisoners did something wrong, and for that, they lose their... I don't blame their, the prisoners. They lose their freedom. They lose their rights for a, a predetermined amount of time. It's kind of like that Family Guy episode. Man, I wish there was a place I could send you and keep you in, away from the national public for a predetermined amount of time based on your offense. Right. But since none, none of that exists, I have to let you go. What about jail? Oh, yeah, we yeah. can do jail. So I, I heard about that the other day, and I had this kind of mixed feeling about it yeah but then i read an article where it talked about how it's not fair to kill people because they're criminals and i said well well, there was the death penalty and then i understand you're starting to get into a kind of a slippery slope interesting how their morals change depending on what kind of argument they want to make if they stand to make money from it well wait a minute prisons are important because you know we make a lot of money from that yeah, well, I know we got a little, little bit off topic for number three, but I think our, our, our top four dictators for segment number three in the uh, Donald J. Trump commemorative greatest dictators of all time, Adolf Hitler. Adolf. 
Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong. Because everybody had a picture of their pocket, man. I'm telling you, that's like a tiger beat, man. You got like Leaf Garrett's picture in your pocket. Asia's dad. Just <laughs> exactly. You've sort of uh, America's uh, Julius Caesar. Julius and Caesar and Napoleon. Napoleon. Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon with the uh, complex. All right, so we talked. Uh, where can people uh, follow more of what we're doing? Yeah, go to uh, LSD Podcast if you're on Facebook, which I, I hate, but, you know, we got to be on it. Uh, go to our website directly if you'd like lightersightofdark.com you can listen to us on Spotify you can listen to us on Google uh, Casts Google Casts Pocket Casts Pocket Casts Apple Apple and if we get more listeners this year we can apply for the Holy Grail iHeartRadio iHeartRadio would be a nice uh, and uh, so we would love to have you all uh, share the links of our websites uh, uh, excuse me of our episodes we'll have that up on the Facebook page there's always a link of the newest episode up on our Facebook page and uh, also, we're always looking for places to do a podcast. So if you've got a bar, a restaurant, uh, something like that, and you'd like to uh, have us come there and do the podcast live, or maybe you could watch, and or if you're the one that gets us the gig, I'd let them be a guest on the show. I would let them. That's just the kind of guy I Oh, am. yeah. Well, I would, sure. I would let them. Find out about the... Uh, I've got you know. power. Yeah, we could spend five, ten minutes interviewing this person. We'll make, we can make a thing out of it. Have them play Shag, Mary Kill, or we'll, we'll, we'll make them... Uh, a feature for that moment and uh, I thank you for letting us and promote their business all that stuff you know next week uh, we'll, our highlight music artist will be um, one of my personal favorites Mr. James Taylor oh James Taylor I know, I know a lot about JT seen, him, be seen, seen him in concert still consider him to be I saw his brother in concert believe it or not really <laughs> yeah, he, a, he has a brother he has a brother he plays just him and the guitar he played at a church around this area like 15 years ago it was oh. good Wow, he was is, good. That is so cool. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's oh. James Taylor, go go ahead. He is, uh, you are a James Taylor guy. You know, you're gonna be dropping some JT knowledge on us. So never, never interrupt me, okay? <laughs> Not if there's a fire. Not even if you hear the sound of a thud from my home. And one week later, there's a smell coming from there that can only be a decaying human body. Don't knock. I had to. As soon as you said sorry to The original that. Meet the Parents. Um, you have to love that. Fantastic. And uh, then next week's Mount Rushmore. I think this is a good one. We, we have it to Famous Horses. Famous Horses. So we can go famous, real, famous, fake? or Yeah. Okay. Famous, real, famous, fake, cartoon, right. whatever we want to do. Famous right. Horses next horses, week. Horses, horses. Well, Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. It's been such a pleasure. Yep. Lighter Side of Dark, Season 3, Episode 4 is now uh, in the can. We will see you guys, uh, hopefully, or you'll listen to us next week sometimes. Later, Solio. Later, Smith. Let's be honest, 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far, and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts, there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much 
different in person and they are so much better. You feel the energy, you really feel like you're part of something special. Sidesplitterscomedy.com, you can get your tickets online, you can pick out your seats online, so you can sit wherever you want. If you wanna be in the back because you're afraid, that's fine, you can do that. Go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today. Do you have old furniture that you just don't like anymore? Instead of throwing it away, donating it, or selling it at a yard sale, then spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on new furniture, consider having your old furniture redone. My wife and I did, and we don't regret it. The bedroom set was great. It was well-built. Just the old oak finish was not only worn out, but outdated. The good people at Obsessed Distress Furniture took them and made it look like we had a whole new set. And it was a lot less than paying for a new one. They can do just about any color combination combination and adding that distressed look is really in style nowadays. From bedroom sets, dining room sets, to even a simple coffee table and end tables. Whatever your needs, they even sell furniture they've already completed. So visit their website at obsesseddistressed.com or call 352-600-8221 or look them up on Facebook. Obsessed Distressed Furniture, making your old furniture new again. We abide by all CDC and COVID restriction requirements. Lighter Side of the Dark podcast is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio, a weekly podcast recorded in the famed DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. Original music provided by Seth Book and a local Tampa band called Utska. Announcer, Dave Anthony. Nothing in the podcast is meant to be taken seriously for entertainment purposes only. Written and produced by both Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Divisions of RSP Events and Entertainment and Solio Entertainment. Edited by Rob Smith. Written by Paul Solio. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here from the Lighter Side of Dark. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen to one of our podcasts. Don't be afraid to go back in the archives and start at the beginning. Season one, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. But first of all, thanks for being a listener. We do appreciate it.